This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, GetBook listeners. Welcome to The Hand Cell, a special weekly installment of Get Booked that's all about books we just can't resist shouting about. This is Jen Northington, and today's Hand Cell is The Old Drift by Namwali Serpel. I mentioned on the episode of All the Books that I guessed it on recently that this was the next book I was reading, and that the reason I was picking it up was because it had recently won the Arthur C. Clarke Award, and because I saw that it had a Tade Thompson blurb. And I've loved Thompson's work, so that was more than enough for me. And a few days later, here I am raving about it to you. But first, let's hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95 and she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Arena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Disney Books. Do y'all like Caribbean mythology? What's more, a thriller inspired by Caribbean mythology? If you do, I got something for you. A must-read thriller that draws from the darkest corners of Caribbean mythology from acclaimed author Sarah Das, who crafts a chilling tale of magic, murder, and how far we'll go to protect what's ours. It's perfect for fans of Angeline Bully and Tiffany D. Jackson. So, unlike other people on the small island of St. Virgil, Selena Da Silva does not believe in magic. She has a logical mind. She likes botany. She wants to study pharmacology. But then her mother gets sick and she's tethered to the island and she has to make money. So what does she do? She cons a couple gullible tourists with these useless talismans and phony protection rituals. But then one of the tourists ends up dead and at the center of a strange string of murders. And the truth Selena has been denying can no longer be avoided. There is evil lurking in the forest that surrounds St. Virgil. Now to find out what that evil is, make sure to pick up It Waits in the Forest by Sarah Das. And thanks again to Disney Books for sponsoring this episode. All right. So The Old Drift comes with trigger warnings for rape, racism, and racial slurs. I'm not going to get into those details on today's discussion, though. 
And like I said, it just recently won the Arthur C. Clarke Award, which is a science fiction and fantasy award in the UK. And this is an interesting choice for that award because it does have some speculative elements, but they're very light. It is, to me, more of a comp for Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead or Homegoing by Ya Jesse in that, you know, there are these touches of alternate reality or surrealism or magic or different tech, but it's very extremely firmly rooted in the real world. So this book takes place largely in Zambia over the course of 100 years. And it opens with a family tree, and I love a family tree, and I definitely referred to it many times over the course of reading the book, not because it's hard to follow per se, but because you are jumping between generations. And I was just constantly like, okay, I think I know how these people connect, but I want to double check. And that's just like a personal choice. I think that if you're not a family tree user, you'll still be all right. Because really, the characters and the way the plot unfolds just draws you right in. It starts with the colonizers, the British colonizers, uh, making, you know, a little settlement um, near Victoria Falls. And then you follow three different families, primarily, and over three different generations. And there are, you know, native folks and there are expats and there are colonists and foreigners. And they all sort of twine around each other and create relationships and have kids and fight with each other and have very unhappy marriages in a lot of cases. And deal with the political and social upheaval that Zambia experienced from 1904 to, I want to say it's like 2024-ish at the end of the book, which is where some of the touches of science fiction come in. There are some technologies that are reminiscent of, but very different to things we actually have. And there are also some really beautiful, like I said, sort of surreal, magical touches that wind their way through the book that I loved so much. Although I don't want to give specifics away because this is the kind of book that as you're reading and discovering it, it is just so interesting and compelling the way it unfolds. And I, I loved going into this sort of with no real clue what it was about. So, you know, I'm giving you more details than I had, but I don't want to give you too much because it really is a novel that benefits from just sort of going with the flow. Which, by the way, is a very deliberate metaphor that I'm using there because so much of it involves the Zambezi River and the book really does have this like watery flow feel to it in so many different ways. There are bits that are definitely from history, some that I knew, some that I didn't. And then the author, of course, has taken liberties and invented her own moments. And it meshes together so beautifully. Another thing I loved about this book is that there's this interstitial, like, mosquito chorus narration that happens that does really interesting things to frame the story. And I love a chorus voice in a book, and so that was really delightful to me. And, you know, it's a tough book in a lot of ways because, obviously, the history of Zambia was violently impacted by colonialism and the way that the British carved up the country in the first place. So that impact is deeply felt by all of the characters in their own ways. 
And it's just, yeah, like I said, you know, Underground Railroad, homegoing, you know, these multi-generational sagas that take you on this journey and invite you into these lives. And then, you know, with these speculative touches, it's just like all of the things that I love so much all rolled up into one book. So if that sounds appealing to you, which it definitely should, you also will want to pick up The Old Drift by Namwali Serpel. Thanks so much for listening to this gush right here. Thanks also go out to our audio editor, Jen Zink, for making us sound great each and every show. If you want to send us email, you can do that at getbooked at bookriot.com. You can also drop reading requests in the form for the show notes for each episode on the site. Uh, If you're so inclined, you can review us on Apple Podcasts. We love to see that. It also helps other folks to find the show. And speaking of finding us, you can find me in between episodes on Instagram primarily these days at IamJenIRL. That's I-A-M-J-E-N-N-I-R-L. And we will talk to you next time. (laughs) 